0: Welcome, welcome to Know Your Roles, the podcast where every week we find unexpected connections across all your favorite mixed media, from film, television, to music, literature, sports, and more. I'm one of your hosts, Dave Kleinman, and this is my co-host, Mr. George Payton Gordon III. Take it away, George.
1: Dave to the motherfucking K. (laughs) Dude, oddly enough, this is weird. It's just the two of us and producer Mary Buss and we got a few things we're going to get into. We're going to do one more round with George and Dave. We're going to be talking about sodas and nicknames. I'm actually, I've got a, a few sodas, and I don't think one of mine is a soda, but we'll, we'll figure that out when we get there. <laughs> but before we get into that, how are you, my friend?
0: Oh, well, you know, thank you for asking, George, as always. I'm okay. Weed, weed is legal in New York, so... uh I, I'm better than I was before it was legal. I mean, I, I'm I'm the same level of stoned because, you know, it didn't mean anything to me that way. But I thought about uh, doing this podcast while smoking like a gigantic spliff the whole time. You should have. <laughs> yeah, but then I thought that people don't want to listen to me coughing and shit on mic. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm smoking this like over the course of the whole time, probably, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't smoke uh, nicotine that much anymore. So like when I do like it, it'll definitely, you know, um but if i'm gonna smoke a joint i'm gonna smoke a split but oh my gotcha but anyway (laughs) yeah so weed is legal and they're calling it one the most progressive bill in the nation so that's exciting there's a lot of equity as far as like how the licenses get doled out um it's also opening day of major league baseball i was watching some before we got on this call and like there's fans in the stands and i'm just like what are we doing here what the fuck are we doing like it's not June yet. Like, come on, guys, you're gonna ruin it. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, George, before I take us too too far, <laughs> how are you doing, man? What are you, what have you been up to?
1: I'm good. For our listeners, uh, Dave was nice enough to bring you by a bunch of tapes, so I've been listening to a bunch of tapes. They all sound great. I can't wait to listen to like the. Uh the home recordings that she made there's a couple like uh yeah i'm hoping there's a couple of you singing in there so i can perform <laughs> you and then the next episode that we do uh
0: there isn't sorry to burst your bubble
1: there no like uh there's no use singing like some crazy song from the 80s that would that's what i'm hoping for i'm hoping for that no
0: but a lot of those home recordings are like from my parents from the 70s oh, okay. So,
1: okay like
0: that i don't even fucking know i i looked at them and i was like should i give these to him and i was like those things that are late that they're labeled uh, you would like so i'm like yes i'm gonna give
1: well i mean like there's there's a uh, bob marley and it, i went to the bob marley phase that i'd be nice to listen to and there's remain in light and everybody knows me the talking heads is one of my favorite bands uh so i'm looking forward to listening, not even though i own that record on vinyl uh
0: that bob marley one is actually mine that uh is a live show of his oh really it's incredible
1: it's it babylon amazing. by bus
0: uh it's okay. not babylon by bus it's a different one that's like, oh it's so well
1: cool. Hey, one good thing about music, when it hits you, it feels okay. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I went, through, I went through my Bob Barley face. It lasted probably a while. So, so did I. Uh, the other thing, I was like, I didn't really do anything today. I watched, I watched Pulp Fiction for the first time in like three years today. And uh, I forgot how much I love Eric Stoltz as Lance. It's my favorite <laughs> part of the movie. So like uh, one of these days, we have to do an episode in which we talk about Lance. Or we, we, we talk about how great Lance is. It's like, are you calling me on a cell phone? <laughs> I'm going to start doing that to people when they call me. It's like, are you calling me on a cell phone? prank on. Prank on.
0: this is the motherfucking mad dog right here.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's just awesome. Take the Pepsi challenge with that Amsterdam shit any day of the week. <laughs> so he's so funny. Like, he's just no waste of moments. In fact, uh, now I want to just go back and watch scenes with Eric Stoltz in different movies and then wonder why Eric Stoltz did not play Marty McFly and Back to the Future because I was like the he he got fired because he was like a little too serious or like hey man this is like a, this is a time traveling movie take it easy.
0: <laughs> they wanted Michael J. Fox and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Yeah. So they hired Stoltz and they shot like half the movie with Eric Stoltz and then Michael J. Fox became available and they were like this isn't working. Yeah. And they,
1: yeah. They canned him. Yeah. The story was Meredith Baxter who was who plays the mom uh on the uh, what the fuck is it of that show. Uh, family Ties. Family Ties It gotten pregnant. She was kind of the focus, focal point of the show. And then like, well, it's like, well, we'll make Michael J. Fox some the main character. So I, I think he shot Family Ties during the day and Back to the Future at night, which is why all those scenes are at night. So <laughs> shout out to Michael J. Fox and killing Eric Stoltz. I'm just kidding. <laughs> killing <laughs> Eric Stoltz's career. But no, Eric Stoltz cra- cracks me up. Anyway, enough of all of that. Let's go ahead and open this bar. Up. On tap today, we're going to be talking about the NCAA's Final Fours, the men's and the women's. The New York City's Mayor race, who's running lots of people, if you haven't heard. And uh, producer Mary Bess is going to join us to talk about the Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we talked about this briefly yesterday. So let's get into it. We're going to talk about the, uh, the women's and men's finals four. And I know you have some thoughts about the women's final four. So I'll let you lead off with that. Go ahead, Dave.
0: Yeah, well, just in general, I know you're going to talk about some of the the gameplay and and the tournament. I'll be 100% honest with you. I haven't watched a ton of it. So what I kind of want to do here is uh, take the opportunity to stump a little bit for college athletes and say how ridiculous it is that they don't get paid. And I just wanted to read a very short paragraph from a tremendous piece that Chris Bosh, retired NBA player, wrote for the Players' Tribune that's titled, It's madness that we don't pay college athletes. The NCAA makes more than a billion dollars a year, hundreds of millions, which come from March Madness alone. Television tickets, food, drinks, jerseys, they're making money from dozens of places at once. Meanwhile, the players responsible for the product are not allowed to profit and don't even get me started on the women's side, which is even more skewed against the athletes. Not only are women's basketball players unable to profit from their incredible contributions to the college game, they're still having to fight for the most basic levels of equality in terms of treatment, coverage, and respect. So that's uh, Chris Bosch. We saw the, his words play out just a couple of weeks ago when uh, some pictures went viral from the disparity in uh, training facilities that like the NCAA set up. And producer Mary Bess uh, linked to it on our, on our Instagram. The men had like a full world class gym set up. And for the women, they gave them a fucking janitor's closet with like two barbells. It's ridiculous. Um, but so I just want to give a little bit of love to, uh, the women's game. And like I said, I haven't watched a ton, but I did watch a bunch of the Yukon games and, uh, Paige Beckers, man, she's legit. She is the real deal. 19 years old, the first freshman to ever win the AP player of the year. And uh, she's having a great tournament. She's setting records every game. She's also uh, helping the men because her friend is Jalen Suggs on Gonzaga. I don't know if you know this, George, but she I did. Yeah. He, apparently she, he credited her for giving him like a awesome pep talk that like picked up his game and shit. So she's killing it on uh, all levels. And uh, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I've just praised the Yukon player. And then I'm just going to end this by saying something that George and I maybe disagreed about a little bit, but uh that UConn game against Baylor, that's a fucking foul. That was a foul. That was a foul. And if that player wasn't on a team, if her jersey didn't say UConn and her jersey said like uh, IUPUI or some shit, ooey that call would have been different. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's all I got on the, on the uh, NCAA. The only the the only thing in the men that caught my eye was that Oral Roberts won a couple of games, and like I don't really know anything about oral Roberts, other than have just hearing the name before. And I imagine that it's a bunch of like dental students uh, and orthodontal <laughs> students playing basketball.
1: <laughs> or Roberts oddly enough won two games. They were a 15th seed that beat the two seed and then beat the seven seed. They beat Ohio State the two seed and then Florida the seven seed. So that's pretty incredible. So like about the Baylor Connecticut game. Baylor's coach is oddly enough four and five against Gino Ariamo. And even though with all their national championships, I believe that UConn has won 13 of them. They haven't won one in five years. So in essence, like the game is actually kind of caught up to them. And Kim Malkey is the name of the Baylor coach. Uh, kind of caught up to them. I, the the foul, like in football, you can say they're just like a foul. On, or there's a holding call on every play. They just don't call every time. Do I think she was fouled? Yes. So I think it was a great no call as well. So the women's final four is Stanford, UConn, South Carolina, and Arizona. Arizona is kind of crashing the party. Everybody else is a number one seed. Stanford is the, the number one of all number one seeds. And oddly enough, the, the head coach of Stanford is the NCAA leader in wins. And it's actually not Gina Riemann, it's Tara Vanderveer. So um, they're the best team in the country. I'm actually pulling for South Carolina because the coach of South Carolina is Don Staley. And Don Staley was the basketball player at UVA when I was in high school and probably the best basketball player at the time when I was in high school. So I'm rooting for her. And oddly enough, the defense that South Carolina played against Texas, they held Texas scoreless in the fourth quarter which is kind of insane getting back to the foul i don't know I, you don't necessarily know if they if they if she would have made those free throws because they shot baylor shot 65 percent from the free throw line but if you shoot 22 percent from the three-point line i don't think you deserve the win anyway Just kind of a bummer it was the one versus number two seed quickly to the men's final four which is baylor gonzaga Houston and UCLA, UCLA is crashing the party with, as a number 12 seed. I know they're a blue blood and they won like 13 national championships.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Cinderella,
1: UCLA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With their $300 million of endowment. And the fact yeah. that like one of the best players in the country just happens to play there too, Yeah, but they are the twelve seed. They're probably not going to be Gonzaga drew Timmy's game is great. His mustache is a plus that that thing is incredible. I'm rooting for Houston because they're coached by Calvin Sampson and Houston just happens to be in my, my alma mater's conference. I love the fact that Houston is playing Baylor, which is some old Southwest conference shit. If you don't know anything about Southwest conference listeners, it was the conference that, that existed from like the twenties until like 1996, pretty much had to blow itself up because they were like getting back to paying players. They were, they had like slush funds for the players. And like, and like gave one team, one school, the death penalty and they're basically was like, yeah, let's get out of this conference. So the conference hasn't been the thing. So 96, but Baylor and Houston were, were charter members of that conference. So that's kind of interesting, but that's it. So I'm rooting for Houston. I'm rooting for South Carolina. It's probably going to be <laughs> Gonzaga. I'm like, I'd be kind of nice if it was Gonzaga of UConn, because Paige Beckers and Jen Suggs are friends from Minnesota and friends from high school. So it'd be kind of nice to see this, share them having a conversation across the, uh, across the interwebs. And that'd be kind of fun that the two best freshmen in the country, people are going to say it's Kate Cunningham from Oklahoma state is jail and Uh, Two bus freshmen in the country are actually buddies from Minnesota. So that's kind of rad. And that's all I have to say about that. So I'll be, I'll keep my eye on it this weekend and maybe we can bring it up again next week.
0: Real quickly, before we move, move on topics, I just want to give a quick shout out to not only Dawn Staley, but uh the coach for, for Arizona, I believe her name is Ada Barnes.
1: hmm First two African American coaches, yeah, black yeah.
0: coaches in, in the final four, which is awesome. And uh yeah, I'm also rooting for South Carolina Don Staley, man. I mean, she's quoted in rap lyrics, like yeah, you gotta, you gotta root for that. <laughs>
1: she's a legend. <laughs> also, the other day at the game, she was wearing a blazer and a John Thompson t-shirt, which is incredible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, amazing. Incredible stuff by Don Staley. Next thing we have on tap is we're gonna talk about the thousands of people running for mayor in New York City. And before we get into with some of the people, I'm gonna give you some odds that I've checked out. Right now, the betting odds is, uh, Andrew Yang is the uh, the best odds in the house at minus 150. Eric Adams is plus 400. Scott Stringer is plus 575. Maya Wiley, one of the people who I like because she's in the documentary, they're like the Reagan's shout out plus 1100, Raymond McGuire, plus 1200. Sean Donovan, plus 3000. Diane Morales, plus 3500. And Catherine Garcia, also plus 3,500. Dave, I know you have some thoughts. We're well, not, not, not enough about the, the betting odds, but I do have some thoughts of some of the people running for mayor. So I'm gonna let you go ahead and do your thing.
0: Yeah. Well, the, that betting odds, I hope that like, yeah, they don't know shit. And <laughs> I hope that they don't know shit because that's ridiculous. But, uh, uh, you said it though. It's, it's a fucking circus and there's so many names. I think, did you say how many names exactly?
1: As of March 27th, I think I counted 37th, but a few people have dropped out, which is like Carlos Machaca has dropped out. I think he dropped out to 26th, but I think it's 37 as of right now.
0: That's ridiculous, and that's a ridiculous amount of names, but I'm going to start with three names. Mm-hmm. Rudolph Giuliani, Michael Bloomberg, and Bill fucking de Blasio. It's not actually his middle name. I just added that. (laughs) But those are our last three mayors. That is 27 years worth of cis white men who come from money, (laughs) who have run this city. And out of the over 100 mayors that New York City has had in its lifetime, only one has been a non-white male. So I personally am rejecting that. And I'm not talking about identity politics because it's not just anybody. I'm talking about like actual representation. And the questions I ask when I'm looking at candidates are always who they are, where they came from, what they did for a living, And how they get their money, like their campaign money, you know, and if you ask that about those names that I mentioned already, Rudy Giuliani was a corrupt fucking district attorney and a predator of a fucking prosecutor before he became mayor. So we all we knew who he is. Michael Bloomberg is a billionaire who ran his own media company (laughs) and Bill de Blasio was a guy who convinced everybody that he was like super progressive and was going to be for everybody. But if you went back and like looked at what he did before he was even the public advocate and who he was in bed with as far as campaign money, it's all like real estate developers and fucking the 1%. So like he's going to serve them. And he also takes a crazy amount of police union money. So again, I'm rejecting that. And that's why I am looking for somebody who doesn't fit that bill. And people who listen to this podcast already know, but I'm all about Diane Morales. And, you know, I don't believe in like the hero worship that we put on politicians. But again, I'm looking for real people. If you're telling me that we have an option between a tech millionaire, rich people (laughs) who take money from fucking CEOs and lawyers and the 1%, and then you're looking at a Afro-Latina mother of two from bed What she did before she got involved in the mayor's race was she worked for a non uh, So if you know anything about, if you've ever worked for a nonprofit, you know, they don't make any money. <laughs> but also she worked in the Bronx, like providing social services and stuff. And I, I'm just here for change, man. I'm here for change. Diane Morales represents a lot of that. I also think ranked choice voting is, is cool. There's multiple choices you mentioned who personally is my second choice, Maya Wiley, also fits a lot of those qualifications that I that I was saying. But yeah, I just hope everybody like you know really looks at, at the their options and and some of those names that you mentioned as far as like the odds, like, that shit is terrifying. Eric
1: Adams is like nah, but anyway, plus four hundred that's second best odds in the race. Yeah,
0: that's ridiculous. It's because of all the police money that he gets because he's the next cop, Brooklyn Borough President.
1: How do you feel about uh, Paperboy Love Prince?
0: I love Paperboy Prince. I think the (laughs) fact that Paperboy's in the race is amazing, and that pushes the the agenda and the office awesome. Like, yeah, I'm all for Paperboy Prince.
1: My two favorite things about Paperboy Love Prince is a 13-year-old campaign manager that entertains me, and uh, Paperboy Love Prince's uh, pronouns are God and Goddess. So, (laughs) love that. Love that God, Goddess pronoun. (laughs)
0: Paperboy Prince was doing this thing where they were challenging people to come and meet Paperboy on the basketball court while they were wearing a wedding dress (laughs) and was still like roasting everybody who came to play them. (laughs) But uh, yeah, there's a lot of names, a lot of names.
1: A lot of folks, a lot of folks. So Dave, real quickly, I'm assuming your favorite tribe lyric is, Mr. Dinkins, would you please be my mayor?
0: Mr. Dinkins, would you please be my mayor? Yeah, I feel like David Dinkins is one of those people that like we don't know a lot about because like he's not, he doesn't get the love that he probably deserves. But anyway, yeah, 27 years uh, since haven't looked uh, so great. <laughs> so yeah, let's change it. Let's change New York. Let's do it. We can do it.
1: Finally, Dave, on tap, we're going to talk a little bit about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And to help us out is going to be Producer Mary Best, producer Mary Best, we're going to let you lead off this last thing we have on tap, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I know you have some thoughts on the TV show and you've watched the first two episodes. What did you think?
2: Uh, indeed, I have. I've watched the first two. Um, I I personally didn't know much about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, I still really don't know a lot of the background. Uh, but as someone who enjoys MCU movies and was really um, impressed by Vision, and absolutely like fell in love with the storytelling there. I absolutely wanted to give this a chance and see, see what was here. Um, and I know George, you brought up to us in, uh, to, to Dave and myself in prior conversations, um, a lot of these underlying issues, a lot of these undertones that we are seeing, uh, racial undertones, uh, government, um, participation, uh, with regards to like the, uh, the superheroes and, you know, their usefulness and like their relationship. Um, and there was this really wonderful article that you shared from Inverse by, I believe it's Deus Johnston is the name of the writer, mm-hmm. um, who shed a lot of really, um, interesting perspectives on these episodes. And one of them is, you know, how, the MCU is approaching this particular series in a very different light with regards to the the role of the government and the military. And they say directly that um, while Sam and Bucky deal with issues with those in power, they are simultaneously fighting against those in the same position. The only difference is how they intend to fix things. And of course, this writer is talking about the flag smashers who rise up and say they want things to be the way they weren't. They feel like they were forgotten because they didn't disappear in the blip. Uh, so I'm curious, um, seeing as you've read that article, obviously, you shared it with us, um, what your thoughts are around this role of the government and the military, which we're seeing painted in a bad light, where we perhaps haven't seen that before.
1: Well, I mean, like, there's two things that, like, I definitely want to bring up that the reason why I was going to watch in the first place is, like, Anthony Mackey is a, or was a bar owner, so he has already have a high approval rating in my house anyway. Um, uh, in bedside. So, and I already like him. anyway. odd enough, I was watching, um, half Nelson last night and I was like, Oh yeah, Anthony Mack is in this and he's so good in that movie. It's
0: an amazing movie,
1: but the, I guess the, the major thing was, is like, for me, like, I think I was expecting something different. I was pleasantly surprised what they were, what they were doing. And then I, I read another article that I probably should share with y'all in the, the main, I guess, like plotline of the, of the show and, uh, Anthony Mack, his character is, plays this character, y'all Falcon. And he's like, why would I want to? To the, be the leader or represent a country that doesn't, in essence, represent me. So, and and when they were doing that, I was like, wow, they're going to really address some a lot of things that like lots of people, as somebody is from the from a military family, is like you have to think about like just based on that. So, I've been pleasantly surprised because I was hope I was I thought they were going for like Bad Boys, or Tango and Cash, or like an eighties like buddy cop movie, but it's a little bit more nuanced, and I and I I've, I've been entertained by the first two episodes.
2: Yeah, and I I like that you brought that up because there are some there are some very striking racial undertones, absolutely, mm-hmm. with regards to the Falcon and his having been given the shield by um, mm-hmm. Captain America, um, and he he turns it over to the government. He says like this is this is what I thought was right. I you know like you said, George, he he didn't feel like he could properly represent. And then in the first episode, you see a, a government figure announce that there is a new Captain America. There is a new figure who is going to represent quote all of America. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot to get into there, of course, which we don't have time for all of it, but you know, the creation of Captain America himself as a character in 1941 has always been um, an enticing, an enticement. Like he's a recruitment tool ultimately for men of that time, young Mm -hmm. men, he glamorized service. Um, So it was very much in keeping with, recruitment for the military, serving your country, um, which, you know, I personally, I have respect for people who do that. I, I, I'm certainly not going to, to sit on this podcast and, and criticize. Um, but I I will say that when, when it comes to, to the military, I feel like the military, especially the U S military has had a bad, uh, bad track record when it comes to Mm -hmm. equality, when it comes to, um, racial sensitivity, women's rights, uh, trans people serving in the military. Um, and of course, you know, war in and of itself being a terrible, uh, way to, um, to, um, build bridges <laughs> with other countries or to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, perhaps I should say there's more of an effort to destroy bridges with other countries than there is to build them. Um, and, to, uh-huh. So, to me, when I think of military, unfortunately, my mind goes to um, toxic masculinity, My mind goes to people being mistreated. Yeah. Um, and it's unfortunate because I think there are some really wonderful people who who want to do good and who who do enlist to to fulfill a greater purpose than themselves, which I think is a wonderful effort. Uh, but with regards to this show, um, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely interesting, like the character Isaiah, who is apparently another super soldier who um, other folks didn't even know about, but Bucky kept quiet because this man, instead of being praised or, you know, awarded for his heroism, is in fact imprisoned for many, many years, which I think is definitely a nod to our carceral system and the, and the, uh, the, terrible, mm-hmm. the terrible injustice that exists in our carceral system. Um, but but George, I'd like to know what you think of that.
1: Yeah, that, that part was uh, the part of the show was interesting because like you, it's like how upset the character was when he found out there was like others, and then like he was like I was did all the exact same things, but I didn't get any of the the glory for it. And then when I was trying to sort of like I guess become something, it was like I was thrown in jail for for I guess he was in jail for like thirty years or whatever, however long the character was in jail for. No, um, um, it's there's a comic that uh, that is based on that oddly enough is not in print anymore. And I'd love to find that comic and that writer and maybe we could have him on the show. But um yeah, just like talk about like the, 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 themes that they were going for and some of the things that they wanted to talk about, because it's like, it's in the world of comics. You usually don't, you usually don't get that heavy. And that, that this is, these are heavy themes because they go along with, with Tuskegee Airmen. There's a lot of things that they're, they're, they're addressing just, just very, very subtly Uh like testing that, that, that were done on, on men and women, uh, that, uh, brown people in the twenties and thirties and the forties. And it's, um, it's, it's an interesting take that they're going for. And I, am I'm I'm, 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 I want to see how, where they are going to go with it? But as of right now, I'm, I'm enjoying what I've seen.
2: Same, same George. And, and before we completely, um, before we leave this topic, I did want to bring up, um, the, the trauma that's addressed. I, I think that it's, it's been really interesting, um, Specifically, having watched one division, uh, because obviously when the blip mm-hmm. happens in the you know MCU film series, that is uh, heartbreaking. I was not prepared for it. <laughs> I watched the movie by myself, not knowing that was going to happen because I don't have a prior knowledge of the comics. I, I've just enjoyed the films, but just. It, it destroyed me. It was so heartbreaking. And then you see something like WandaVision, which for those who haven't seen it, um, I'll try not to spoil anything, but just to say that Wanda is so stricken by her grief that she she has to essentially create a new world around herself um, because she cannot come to terms with this grief that she feels. It's it's incredibly impactful. It's, it's really beautifully done in WandaVision. And I was definitely intrigued to see them um, to see the, the the creators behind this series also lean into that, mm-hmm. lean into this PTSD that Bucky is feeling, lean into the trauma that comes with, you know, serving serving in the military, the trauma that comes with experiencing worldwide suffering, which we can definitely point to as something that has been a part of our society very, very recently, um, and then of course you know they've got they've got uh, you know they allude to these vaccines that have been stolen. Um, the new Captain America sits in a chair in his very first interview on his high school uh, football field and says, "Look, here's the deal." Which as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Whoa, Biden! Hello, 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 President Biden!" Um, I, I honestly don't know. Um, you know, and then, of course, like the the people who are fighting and rising up, talking about um, wanting to go back to the way they were, which to me harkens to making America great again. So I think there are not only mm-hmm. very human themes that we're seeing of trauma and race um, and racial disparity, but also these incredibly poignant and very real, very tangible social and political um themes that have popped up over the Mm -hmm. last year and have have fully fully encompassed our lives um i think it's very very interesting
1: yeah no it's like um just real quickly just like it was was just a couple years ago that the that the pentagon admitted to using black soldiers as human guinea pigs in world war ii and that was what i was trying to trying to get to so and that's one of the things it's like it's in essence that's what they were that character is based in essence based about so yeah, no, I, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. I want to see where they go. I think this is like one of the things that I enjoy about watching television like once or watching an episode of a show like once and then watching the next episode a week later is getting the opportunity to sort of to read op-ed pieces, to to hear what other people think about what they do what, about shows and then not just just digesting it all at once. Just
0: consume, consume. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Like,
1: just like, you know, I was like, I, you give me an opportunity to watch this and then process what I've just watched and then like i guess listen to podcasts like ours. shout out to us <laughs> <laughs> and another podcast another like writings it was like and then when you get to the next episode it was like i'm i'm ready again for this so uh disney disney plus uh, shout out to them for releasing content and doing television like WandaVision and this new show on a weekly basis as compared to giving you <laughs> 9 hours of it <laughs> on a friday what's the wonder what two nights for that
0: i like that format also i think that that's everything y'all said is like really interesting it it makes me uh pretty interested in the show i i kind of tend to like let that marvel stuff miss me for a while and like i'll come back around to it i you know once like the talk dies down because i'm not like i'm just like that not that keyed up on it but uh i think that's really interesting i think it's cool that they're addressing all of those things in which you guys were talking about um especially for something that is like a uh a part of like the Captain America story because of exactly what you said, Mary Bess, about why Captain America was created. You use the word recruitment. I I would maybe say propaganda. <laughs> and I, I agree with you. And I would never um go after like members of the military, but you can go after the military industrial complex. And there is a relationship between the military industrial complex and all entertainment, like comics, movies, everything. And it's not you know, it's not great. Like I said, uh, the word is propaganda and like, you know, like 25, I don't know if you guys know this, but like t- things like 24, like 24 was created by Dick Wolf with the Bush administration to sell the war on terror. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's awesome that they're like trying to be responsible with it and they're trying to like talk about that kind of relationship. And, uh, yeah, I think that's cool. I, I want to check that out. All right, so we're going to move on from bar talk. We're all tapped out.
1: So now we're going to jump into this week's game. Uh, Every week on the Know Your Rules podcast, we take two things that seem to have nothing in common and we find ways to connect them. I'm excited about this week because this week we were talking about sodas and nicknames and I'm a big soda drinker. I'm 42, almost be 43. I don't drink coffee. I still drink soda. And all the sugary drinks as a kid, I still drink them now. So there's ever a category that I feel like that I'm an expert in? It would be this one. So I'm going to lead it off and I'm going to start off and talk with my favorite soda, which is Dr. MF and Pepper, the greatest soda of all time. I feel that like um, I think I drink about a gallon of it a week. There was this one time I was bartending and this guy came to the bar and I was like, hey, you wouldn't happen to have Dr. Pepper on the soda gun would you and i think i almost had a stroke because if we did either i would be big as a house or two i would be dead so (laughs) seeing that dr pepper is my favorite soda and the greatest soda of all time i feel like i should give it the greatest nickname of all time which is the only thing that i retain from my four and a half years of being in film school. Shout out to me. I went to film school, but I was the worst film student in film school. Just just to give you a, why I never, ever mentioned it. It was like, you went to film school I was like, yes. Were you any good? I was like, no. I was just there to have a good time. Anyway, my my the, the, the two movies that I love the most that we watched in my my film courses was Cops and The General starring Buster Keaton. And Buster Keaton has my favorite nickname of all time, which is The Great Stone Face. So Dr. Pepper is the great stone face of nicknames. Dave.
0: There's so much to unpack there. Like I, <laughs> I, I'm gonna just keep this rolling and, and do mine. But but first of all, like we've known each other for years. Like I did I never knew you went to film school. Like
1: I did, yeah. I went to University of Memphis.
0: I mean, I know you went to Memphis, but I didn't know.
1: Yeah, no, I, I majored in funneling beer and and uh <laughs> And uh, illicit pharmaceuticals. (laughs) Uh, I
0: I also went to film school and I wouldn't say I was the worst student, but I'm going to be like the 40th most successful of (laughs) of that class because, yeah, there were some people in it who got a lot of uh, got a lot of love and still get a lot of love, but uh, that's for a different time. Anyway, so I'm going to go with my first uh, soda, which is just weird to say, because I grew up probably until I was about 20 saying the word pop. And, uh, <laughs> Cause I'm from Chicago. I'm from the Midwest. It's what we say. Like, it wasn't a thing. It was just like what we said. And then, you know, it became a thing once I get to college and everyone's like, Oh, and so after years of like hearing about it, I, I probably just like, sp- you know uh subconsciously uh stop stop saying it but uh soda pop (laughs) anyway uh my first one is both a nickname and a soda that it is what it sounds like it is it is what it sounds like it is and that is why the soda is jolt cola and if you thought that that would be the uh the soda with the most caffeine, you're right, because it is. <laughs> and uh you might know that. And their fucking slogan for this soda is all the sugar and twice the caffeine. <laughs> so, again, it is what it says it is. That's why, as a nickname going from the world of sports, full of great nicknames, old-timey baseball, and that is, of course, Mordecai Three Finger Brown. Nice. Mordecai Three Finger Brown. It is what it says it is. So at age of 5, he lost half of his index finger in a accident involving a piece of farm machinery. <laughs> and then like the next year he had another accident chasing rabbits like you can't make this shit up (laughs) and he mangled one of his other fingers and like there's a picture you'll link to it his hand it looks like it's so mangled and rough and but but also it led to him developing a wicked curveball and he was a great pitcher so uh yeah jolt cola is the the mordecai three finger brown of uh sodas
1: a plus first choice a plus a plus (laughs) coming in hot all right. So my next one is uh, doesn't really, I guess, have like a like a name. I'm just going to call it, We're just going to call it Orange Soda. And the reason why I chose Orange Soda is because Orange Soda is universally good. Whether it's Sunkiss, whether it's Orange Crush, whether it's the generic grocery store brand. Uh, shout out to Kroger and all those other grocery stores in America. that have their own brand of Orange Soda. And essence, they're kind of all the same. They're all universally good. And the the nickname that I have, I want to choose something like everybody says is like, that is a great nickname, even though the guy who had this nickname was like, listen, I kind of don't want to be known for that, even though it is a great nickname. And a universally great nickname is AK-47. I'm talking about Andre Karolenko, who oddly enough was Russian, just like the AK-47. His initials are AK, and he wore the number 47. So <laughs> either you gotta be self-aware or you don't gotta be self-aware, but I know he wasn't a big fan of that <laughs> nickname. I just think it's great. And anybody you ask anybody who loves it, they're like, that nickname is incredible. Anyway, Andre aK47 Karolanko is the orange soda of nicknames. Uh
0: as a guy for for as as a guy who didn't like that nickname, like you can answer the question, not self-aware. <laughs> like I never knew he didn't like. I, th- I thought he clearly had to lean it. Like his number yeah. is 47. Like
1: what? rumor has it. He didn't like it because he, he was, he's Russian. Yeah. And he's like, you can
0: just change your number, dude. Just <laughs> that's, change that's your I fucking thought. number.
1: He's like, yo, this guy's name is AK and his number is 47. Oh my God. AK 47. What? Uh,
0: I, I guess, uh, you know, they call him Kalashnikovs where he's from. So yeah, yeah. yeah. he was, he
1: was, rumor has it. He did not like the nickname AK <laughs> 47. <Oof>, rough. <laughs> um, Everybody else said, though, everybody else loves that nickname.
0: All right. So my next one, I'm going with one that like if you're not of a certain age and I also it might have been regional, but you might not remember. There was a little product that was created in the 80s and then kind of shelved because it didn't do well and then rebranded and then it went away again. <laughs> and that I'm talking about, of course, is Coke, 2. Now you might know it as New Coke, which is like the unofficial name. And then they rebranded it to make it Coke too. It was a flash in the pan. It didn't last. It didn't sell. Nobody cared about it. It's one of those things that I had to, like, I remember years ago, having a feeling of like, did that even exist or was it in my imagination? Because <laughs> I remember asking people and they're like, "I don't, what was Coke too? Like nobody had Coke too. If I remember correctly, it just tasted like Pepsi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was just like more sugary Coke. And uh, the expectations that you're setting when you're naming something Coke too, were like not what, cause it didn't taste anything like Coke. And like people were like, nah, I'm not having this. And that's why as a nickname, it's baby Jordan. Maybe Jordan, who unfortunately went to Harold Minor. And I, I believe that J.R. Ryder, we are like in Chicago at least, maybe some people were calling J.R. Ryder baby Jordan at times. But uh, yeah, it, because he, because he, maybe one time did a dunk that was like Michael Jordan or like had, had uh you know, mo- he emulated some of his moves, but it wasn't a good nickname for him. He didn't last very long. It was, you know, he couldn't stay healthy, but when you had that kind of pressure on you of being called the next Michael Jordan and, And Mm -hmm. keep in mind, this is in the 90s, like Jordan was still playing. (laughs) He was still playing. So how do you, Jordan fucking hated it, obviously. So anytime he he was going to go after Harold Miner, you know, to no fault of his own. And uh, yeah, it took a toll on Harold Miner. Like, and again, Coke 2 didn't work. Like, don't call it that. Mm -hmm. Call it something else. Make it a new thing. So yeah, Coke 2 is the baby Jordan uh, sodas. (laughs) (laughs) George.
1: All right, so for my third soda, we're gonna go, we're gonna do a little regional. This is a shout-out to friends and family from below the Mason Dixon line because this is a soda I don't think ever made it on a national level. And the soda I'm talking about is called Sundrop. And for those of you who've never heard of Sundrop or ever even knew of Sundrop, Sodrop, Sundrop in essence, is bootleg mellow yellow, which is in essence bootleg mountain dew, <laughs> but it's also disturbingly caffeinated and honestly probably could kill you. I think you could like clean like, like, uh, like metal with it. It's also very, very good.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, uh, if you, I, I wish sun drop was the thing. I've, I've known dudes who would drink like three and four sun drops a night, which is insane. Yeah. So just, a, it's a delicious soda. It's, it's, it really is like blue, like mellow, mellow yellow. Um, anyway, the sun drop, the nickname that I have for sun drop is because you cannot drink this on a consistent basis because this will kill you. So I figure I'm gonna use a regional musician and their nickname, which is the killer. And Sundrop is the Jerry Lee Lewis of sodas. The killer. Oof. Dave.
0: <laughs> yeah, two I yeah, two things I want nothing to do with.
1: Um, <laughs> Sundrop, Sundrop will mess you up. It's delicious though.
0: Yeah, it's, it does sound delicious. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, never, I had never heard of that before.
1: You don't see it. You don't see it. Uh, I've I've never seen it outside of Tennessee, Mississippi, Arkansas. Yeah, no. I've, I'm trying to think. It's like he even he even maybe I don't even know who owns it. But no, it's 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 lethal.
2: <laughs> I think you're right, George. I think it's it's regional. Yeah,
1: no. I have you ever had a sun drop?
2: I, I I think I've had one, perhaps years and years ago. But it was not something I drank consistently. But I definitely. I'm familiar with it, but I think, yeah, I think it's definitely like the Southeast, uh, Tennessee, Mississippi area.
1: It's a brutal soda.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I I'm, I'm going to meet your, um, like obscures, uh, locale specific soda with, with one of my own. And that is, the national soda of peru (laughs) and uh humble brag i've been been to peru and had this soda and the only reason i bring it up is because it's so fucking bizarre and it's called inca cola all right and like it's first of all it's called the golden cola because it's it's literally golden like not like yellow like it's golden (laughs) Mm mm-hmm You know, this was a thing that when I was traveling in South America, like people were like, Oh, you gotta try Inca Cola, like it's so weird, you've not had anything like it. And like I was kind of like, and then I finally tried it, and it is so bizarre. And what it what it actually is is lemon verbena soda, which is like an herb, it has like a slightly medicinal quality. But what it tastes like is what they say it tastes like, and what it actually does taste like, according to me, is bubble gum. It tastes like bubble gum and it is so bizarre like i can't tell you that i hated it i didn't hate it but i think i only had one of them (laughs) you know what i mean because it's it's just like such a weird flavor that you're not uh expecting people in peru love it they drink it all the time they drink it like we drink coke and it is owned by coke i think eventually got bought by coke and i think you might be able to get it here but it's definitely hard to find and that's why as a nickname it's kind of an obscure thing and it's it's definitely uh locale specific and that's the white mamba the white mamba which is brian scalabrini of course (laughs) your your classic example of uh an nba roster's 13th man the uh kind of uncoordinated gangly looking white dude at the end of the bench but he people who've ever been a fan of teams he's been on love him because he he goes all out he he's he's great in interviews he's really smart he's really funny he's a great teammate they say and the white is kind of like a joke you know because it's like a throw to kobe's name the black mama and like mm-hmm. if you if you could pick the opposite of an nba player to kobe it would probably like in like coordination and skills um it would be brian scalabrini and uh yeah that's a name that i think originated in boston but uh stacy king in chicago kept that going and uh yeah that's a great name the white mamba is uh the inca cola of sodas so
1: (laughs) okay all right so before i get into my next one i want to power rank the the the, the sodas of this 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 uh this i guess this genre of of soda is like it would go number three mugs number two barks and then number one the best root beer which is abita from uh, louisiana they also make great beer purple haze shout out anyway so when i was thinking of like uh of like the best uh root beers i wanted to think of like some of the best like artists of all time and i'm thinking about some of the best nicknames of that artist and everybody's going to say the god of the soul is their, his best nickname it's actually not the best James Brown nickname is the hardest working man in show business, Mr. James Brown. And Abita is the, the hardest working root beer in America. So they are the James Brown hardest working man in show business of of, of root beers and sodas. Dave.
0: <laughs> I love that. Uh, all right. So for my next one, I'm going to pick two things that we should all just stay away from. <laughs> and uh, one is the thing that I didn't know. Existed until the research for this podcast. And that is a soda called Pepsi Fire. <laughs> and if you if 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 you still are want to know like more, uh, it's a cinnamon soda, so it's basically like fireball with with like more sugar and less alcohol. It sounds disgusting. It's also got 69 grams of sugar. The recommended daily intake of sugar is 50 grams. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's like funny, but this shit will kill you. Uh, So regardless of what it's called, like Pepsi fire, like this shit is dangerous and it should be a fucking crime to sell it, which is why as a nickname, it's the Gipper, the Gipper, that of fucking Ronald fucking Reagan. And, uh, you know, we won't uh, spend too much time on Ronald Reagan. But again, just like Pepsi Fire, if you don't take that shit seriously, it will fucking kill you. Ronald Reagan will fucking kill you, especially if you're not a rich white man.
1: We've, this, is, this is the second Reagan. We've said Reagan was mentioned earlier. from. The-
0: <laughs> yeah. Pepsi Fire is the Gipper. And uh, yeah, I was listening to uh, the song Reagan by Killer Mike when I wrote this.
1: Oh, I got gotcha. you. Like
0: <laughs> the only time I've ever uh, willingly, like, gladly chanted at a concert <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> was when Killer Mike got us all to to shout "fuck Ronald Reagan." <laughs> Good times, George.
1: So my last one I, is a is a controversial choice. Um, uh, I didn't know what to do with this one. I first off, um, is it a soda? I don't know. Is it a chocolate drink? Possibly. It's, it's actually i don't know if it's either one of those things because the amount of chocolate that's in it isn't is very little and it's all just kind of just brown carbonated water and for some reason I've never been a fan of the the nickname that's like self-appointed it was like it was like I, this is my nickname now and uh this is i think that's 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 always been dumb so i've never been a fan of those those athletes and those whatevers that is like i'm the blah 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 unless it's like unless it's worthy and the soda or drink that I'm talking about is juhoo uh, I don't know what that is. I think you hoo is weird. Chocolate drink, possibly, soda drink, negative. So it is Gardner, Mississippi mustache Minshew of nicknames. It's a stupid nickname. You're United from Mississippi. You have a mustache. Great. A uh, lot of people have mustaches. You're not even a second. Gardner Minshew is the, <laughs> you're the only Gardner Minshew in your in your family, but yet you go by Gardner Mississippi mustache Minshew the second. So you are the YooHoo of sodas because I can't describe you and I think it's lame. Yeah.
0: It is. It is <laughs> I, was, I yeah. think technically YooHoo is a, uh, drink. <laughs> it's a chocolate flavored drink.
1: The chocolate flavored drink. Like
0: not even like real. It's it's like all processed shit anyway. <laughs>
1: Producer Mary Beth, you want to weigh in on the YooHoo debate? Because like I was doing my research about YooHoo and I couldn't. I didn't understand what what it was.
2: Indeed, I do want to weigh in because I I grew up. <laughs> I grew up with you um, my, my dad would always buy it for road trips and he always wanted to have a YooHoo in the car, uh, to drink. And I've always just thought of it as chocolate milk. I mean, you've got, you've got your Nesquik, you've got, you know, your, your single, uh, single serving Nesquik as well. But I feel like you falls into that category as well. Like, I guess I don't see it as a soda. I see it. I, I but perhaps I just haven't had one in a while and I don't remember carbonation being a part of it. Is there is there carbonation? I
0: I feel like I haven't had a you you hoo in years, but I, I feel like there it is slightly carbonated,
1: isn't it? I think it is. It's uh is made by the folks who make Docker pepper. That doesn't really mean anything. But the uh the ingredients are like it's bonkers with what's what's all that's in it. It's like uh let's see, I'm gonna be able to tell you. Uh, there's different flavors of you, by the way. Didn't yeah, I was going
2: to say there's a strawberry you, there's a chocolate caramel drink. I mean, it's definitely it's definitely called a, a chocolate drink.
1: So it's a uh, high fructose corn syrup, whey. I think I said you pronounce that. No, whey. L- yeah, exactly. Yes, whey. Less <laughs> than 2% of cocoa, non fat dry milk, natural and artificial flavors, sodium cassinate, calcium phosphate uh palm oil there's there's a lot of stuff in <laughs> it's mostly just sugar it's yeah it's mostly it's corn sugar. syrup yeah
2: i mean i i like it but that's just me again i have a i have a um i have a heartfelt connection to it from road trips with my dad
0: Oh, don't get me wrong. I also like it, but it's not good for
1: you. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to get a you-hoo after this podcast. So I'll let you know what you guys think.
2: I know. I feel like we all need to go out and find a you-hoo now.
1: I'm going to go get a Yoohoo.
0: I, I'm in. I would totally drink a yoo-hoo. Um All right. I'm going to go ahead and round this out. And I'm going to mention a soda that's my favorite soda. And it's George, something you mentioned specifically, but I'm just going to talk about it in a general sense. And that's root beer. Like, I love root beer. And it's during this period of the pandemic and everything, we never used to have sodas in our house, but we both, my fiance Hillary and I both really love root beer. So we've taken uh, up the habit of having it in house and it's great, but I also like, I drink a lot of it and I drink, I'd, I'd rather, you know, I'd usually try not to drink that many sodas. Uh, but that's why I, I'm comparing it to a nickname that this is... It's gonna I, I went kind of basketball heavy this this time, and it's a, another basketball player. However, this nickname has nothing to do with him playing basketball. And also, this nickname is a thing that you might not know unless you were from a specific area <laughs> in a specific time, but everybody who does know will know. <laughs> and uh that's no tippin' pippin'. <laughs> That's no tippin' Pippin, And that is a name that everybody who was born in like 1985 or before uh, in Chicago knows because it's Scottie Pippen and it's his reputation of like going to places and not tipping. And he doesn't have a reputation of being like an asshole. So it's funny. It's just like, he doesn't tip and everybody knows that. And people in Chicago still love him. We still love Scottie Pippen. He's one of the best basketball players ever. And we, and not only that, he had a great story. He was a great, you know, he was a good teammate. We, we love Scottie Pippen, but he just doesn't tip. And that's how I feel. Drinking root beer is like what I would feel like if I served Scottie Pippen. Like I wouldn't even be mad that he didn't tip me. You know what I mean? <laughs> because if he was like a nice person, because I would be like, I just met Scottie Pippen and had an interaction with him. And uh, but then the next day I'd be like, damn, that motherfucker doesn't tip. <laughs> so uh yeah root beer is uh the no tippin pippin of sodas <laughs> everybody in chicago is gonna fucking know that i'm telling you you can't even like you literally just say the name scotty Pippen to some people from chicago and they'd be like oh no tippin pippin it's crazy the guy's a fucking multiple ch- six-time champion <laughs> but he doesn't tip he doesn't tip just tip scotty just tip and now we're going to uh, go to Mary Bess for uh, sodas and nicknames. Mary Bess, what do you got for us?
2: Thanks, Dave. Um, so my first choice, I've got three here that I want to offer up today. Uh, so my first choice is Limoncello LaCroix. If you've ever had it, you know it's delicious. It's like a dessert on its own. It tastes like lemon icebox pie to me, which is wild and Uh, I love to cut juice with it or drink it on its own. It's just so versatile and it makes everything better. Um, It's one of my favorite drinks. And because it is so smooth and so good, it should be illegal. I'm calling it the Smooth Criminal. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And the next one I want to talk about is grape soda. Because George, I too grew up on a lot of grape soda It's something I tie to my teenage years. So, so very intrinsically. Um, I just remember like going to pick up a snack from the gas station after school, which was like Pichos or sour straws and a grape soda. And so, because that is so very much a part of growing up and feeling like young and the, just the lovely feelings that I tie to it, I'm going to call it baby face. (laughs) Uh, Just, uh, not so much in, you know, any kind of artist being called baby face, but like the song, like you've got the cutest <laughs> little baby face. <laughs> so that is uh that's grape soda for me. And I'm, we're going to go three for three guys. My favorite soda is barks root beer. A of root beer is delicious as well. I'm, I'm not going to discount that. I, I, I want to give you props for that George. Um, but just growing up, always had Barks Root beer. It's smooth, it's sharp, it's bubbly. It's one of the greatest of all time. And because of that, I want to, I want to to give it a name that reflects one of the greatest of all time. I'm gonna call it the notorious BRB. Like the notorious RBG, however, this applies to root beer. <laughs> Barks Root Beer, the Notorious BRB.
1: Nice. <laughs> no, I'm not hating on Barks. I think Barks is delicious. And depending on the day of the week was like what I.
2: It's okay. I'm I'm going to, I'll get over it. But for now,
1: <laughs> i
2: just know that you're on thin ice.
1: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I love it all, but I'm going
0: to throw out, throw out A&W for it. Shout out. <laughs> and it was
2: good. It's a good one too. That's a good and play. it was good. It's hard to get root beer wrong. I feel like there are a lot of people who do root beer justice but uh but oh yeah yeah barks I, I definitely tie to to my my personal memory I had I had a beta for the first time just a few years ago in New York um and was very impressed by it but yeah barks barks is the the goat for me just like RBG
0: I used to work at a bar that we served a beta root beer on tap it was awesome
2: that sounds dangerous
0: staff drank a lot of it <laughs> staff drank a lot of it including myself
1: that's 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 dangerous yeah yeah you're just like "Mm." yeah i actually had an abita today like a couple hours ago nice
2: for those of you who can't see it looks like dave is uh leaning under the tap and just just having a ball
0: (laughs) excellent you can imagine for everyone's uh everyone's personal image all right well i think uh that does it for our game well now we're going to uh head into last call and uh talk about what we are looking forward to for uh this next week and what we're looking at george what uh what do you got for us
1: two quick things that i want to check out um do you know it's funny i know we discussed how to pronounce this actress's name and uh she, anyway she's in a new series called made for love um i'm a big fan of her work she was on season two of fargo as uh the the character's mom that we know eventually passes away from cancer because that's known from the first season. Uh she's also the Jordan Belfort's first wife and uh, Wolf of Wall Street. And she was also in the amazing Paul Springs and that's uh Kristen Miati. Miyoti is what Miliati fuck. That's what you said. <laughs> Keep that in. Kristen Miliati. She's got a new series out that I want to check out called Made for Love. Um the the show looks totally bonkers. I have no idea what this is about but uh give me like a half hour of comedy that I can sort of like like to watch and then kind of get into and i'm totally in it and therefore so i'm gonna give that a go this weekend aside from like the basketball game which we already discussed i'm also going to try to watch godzilla versus kong because like i am not an auteur i like dumb shit <laughs> and that looks really dumb and rebecca hall's in it and i love rebecca hall she's got a very high approval rating in the george gordon house so i'm going to try to watch god villa godzilla versus kong Dave, what about you?
0: I, I like a mix of, of lowbrow and highbrow, but uh no. I think I'm gonna have to I, I, I'm gonna have to I, I don't th- I think I'm out on that one.
1: <laughs> Dude, oddly enough, my when I was like thinking about uh titles for my album, I was gonna call it lowbrow with a highbrow sensibility. <laughs> <laughs> uh I settled on something else, but lowbrow with a highbrow sensibility is kind of kind of that's I think that's just how I live my life. It was like I was lowbrow, but I like the keep it classy when i talk about from
0: that. the man who finished last in his class at film school <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> yeah i think God. they i was i wasn't just last. but you I
0: went was, though and you got so it's like you know because
1: I, I did because the I did. the
0: results yes. like it's all bullshit it's like what's what you learned
1: <laughs> yeah no i mean i i think that there were some tv people in my class yeah i was interested in partying yeah. i wasn't interested in like i think you made the rules of the game that's such a great movie is it i was like i don't know
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> grand illusion isn't that amazing yeah sure <laughs> i mean
0: uh, they are both amazing movies right?
1: <laughs> but yeah is that renoir sure. Ren- yes when you got it john see look you got it you know all right you so right. there's some things i retained right. uh i was more in the audio i like the audio stuff so walter merch shout out that was my guy. Nice. I like this and Walter merch. Nice. Again, that's the only thing I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Worst film student ever. <laughs> awesome. Um, that's
0: great. Uh well, the I, I got a couple of things. Uh one is so uh Sharon Stone just wrote a like a tell-all book. It's called Beauty of Living Twice. And I I will tell you, I, I'm not gonna buy it and I'm but most likely, you're not going to read it. But I am going to read like the excerpts of shit that comes out because it's like I've already read some of it. Uh, here's a fun story She fucking paid Leonardo DiCaprio's salary on 1995's The Quick and the Dead.
1: The Quick and the Dead? Yeah.
0: Because the studio was like, first, they were like, he's a nobody. First of all, he had already been nominated for a fucking Oscar for What's Eating Gilbert Grape, but he wasn't good enough for the studio. And Sarah Stone was like, he was the only person who came in and killed the audition. And like, he, he, he had real tears. He was incredible and everybody else sucked. And like, they didn't want to hire him. And they were like, uh, well, if you want him so bad, you should pay him from your own salary. And she's like, Okay. And she did, so that's incredible. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing about some more of those uh, inside uh, baseball slash Hollywood uh, things from Sharon Stone because she does not give a fuck. She is she's she's also some sort of genius.
1: Like yeah, she's like a uh, she's like she has an IQ of like something ridiculous.
0: She's really interesting, man. Apparently, she also like fought the studio to get Sam Raimi and basically to direct that movie, and she like basically said that. He would work for next base for free essentially. Uh, and they were like, okay, uh, which is ridiculous, but uh, yeah, so that's interesting. I'm I'm kind of looking at that. There, there, uh, we we linked to this the other day, but the criterion collection has come out with a you, you want to talk about uh, highbrow? I'm gonna balance out your uh, Godzilla versus Kong no, no, how about with, it, with the with the Wong car Wai box set. <laughs> <laughs> but uh me i'll watch both like i'll watch godzilla versus kong and then i'll watch like four Wonka y movies in a row um <laughs> but uh no it's really interesting because he he's saying that like he's kind of made them into different films because in the cutting process of like the restoration and everything he's, he made some decisions that, that uh, changed the movies. So I'm interested in that. The only other thing I'm looking forward to, I want to give a quick shout out to producer Mary Bess, who is doing a fantastic job on our Instagram page. And if you are not following, please do because I, I really think she is sharing some really awesome stuff, a lot of wide ranging stuff and accents. A lot of the stuff that We talk about on the show and yeah, everybody should check that out. Check us out on Instagram and Mary best. Thank you for doing such a great job. And with that, we're going to go to you for the buzz. What do you got going on in your world?
2: Well, thank you, Dave. Those are some very kind words and I'm very grateful. Thank you for that. So for today, um, I want to talk about something, um, that, It's probably no surprise to anyone, as it's something very close to my heart. It's something we've shared a lot about um, on our social media platforms, specifically Instagram. Wednesday, March 31st, was Transgender Day of Visibility, part of a week of action where many activists, allies and organizations flooded social media with resources and stories lifting up the trans and non-binary community. Transgender Day of Visibility is a time to celebrate transgender and non-binary people around the globe and acknowledge the determination it takes to live openly and authentically. It's a time to talk about not just visibility, but about autonomy, safety, joy, and the ongoing strife faced by people living their truth in a world that, especially in this moment, tells them they aren't welcome. Right now, there are at least 44 anti-trans bills moving across the country and most are attacking children, children's sports, children's health care. you can find resources on where these bills are cropping up and what you can do to help via organizations like the ACLU and Athlete Ally, along with following the efforts of trans activists like uh, Skylar Baylor, Chris Moser, Raquel Willis and Chase Strangio. Other steps you can take as an ally are to update your pronouns on your social media platforms. Acknowledge trans and non-binary folk accordingly when they tell you who they are. Follow trans and non-binary creators and activists. Participate in support groups and webinars. Educate yourself, not only by tuning into the LGBTQ plus community, but by doing your own research into the hardships they face and the scientific data, both medical and psychological, that supports affirmation and inclusion of trans and non-binary people of all ages. Trans activists, organizers, and defense lawyers are doing their best to fight this narrative of hate, but they need help amplifying the message that trans people belong. If you're a cis ally, it's time to get loud. And to any trans and non-binary listeners out there, we see you, we appreciate you, and we love you.
0: Thank you very much, Mary Bess. I, I will say f- for George as well. We, hundred percent support that. And I also would love to say, you know, f- thank you to any of our our trans or non-binary or non-gender conforming listeners. Uh, we love you, and yeah, we're trying to be in this fight with you. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll'll we'll, we'll keep on keeping on. So we're gonna close out the show, George, why don't you give our listeners something to look forward to? Tell us what we got going on on the show next week?
1: Thank you, Dave. Um, real quick, I just want to go ahead and say this, like it's like it's sometimes it's really nice when it's just it's just the three of us. It's me and you and producer Mary Bus. we just have a good time and we can just sort of <laughs> as if we're like holding hands across different parts of the internet. so, Again, it's very nice to see you guys.
2: Aww, it's good to see you guys.
1: Very nice to just have just, just like, just, just the three of us.
2: One one more round is all about just holding hands with your friends over the internet.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And then one day we'll all be in the same room together and that would be nice. Um, uh, anyway, next week, <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just blacked out for a second. Next week we have uh, we have my old buddy, uh, writer and filmmaker, Mike White. Looking forward to talking to him about all kinds of things. Uh, he's a big baseball fan. I'm sure we're going to get into St. Louis Cardinals baseball and fandom. In fact, he sent me a text randomly today, and it was just a GIF of Ozzy Smith doing a backflip. So super excited to have Mike White on next week. Uh, Dave. Dave. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm
0: super excited to talk to Mike White as well. I am also, he's also a friend and uh, just a great friend guy. of the pod friend, friend of the pod and a uh, great guy. I think that's going to be a super fun app. So yeah, with that, I will say thank you to our listeners. Thank you to George. Thank you to producer Mary best. Thank you to our amazing artists who did our theme, Alan Sack kid, Nate 88 and Kazo Oslo. Check out that record fresh linen that they are all on And yeah, everybody, please, I know that we, there is some hope on the horizon and, you know, everybody wants that hot vax summer, but uh, at least here in New York city, this next month is a very critical period. So everybody, and you know, the numbers are, are scary. So everybody, please be safe, be healthy, get a, get a shot. If you can, if you want to please do that for the greater good.
1: And uh, to me, uh, like one, I want to shout out one person. I'm shout out to my buddy, Brian Allen Mitchell. Uh, I can't wait to see you because I'm really pissed off that you tweeted, uh, all vaxxed up, don't know what to do. And now I've had, had that fucking 311 song stuck in my head. <laughs> all vaxxed up, don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian Allen Mitchell, I hate you, buddy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> nah, this is my usual send off, which is... Everybody take care, be safe, and wear your mask over your fucking nose. That includes you guys all walking down the street earlier this morning. We're out.